And right now, that's a great option to be because a lot of people, whether they have exited the stock market, whether they have retirement funds that are accessible, they need investments right now. But there are, I mean, interest rates are near zero. So banks are going to pay you nothing, right? You don't want to park your funds in banks. At the same time, there are some uh, like life insurance. The, the money is highly liquid. You know, you put your money in, it's earning four to six percent, but you can pull it out any time. So you I mean, I'm not to harp on that, but I think the more important takeaway there is that um, when your business is hurt, you have to start looking at alternate businesses or ideas around your business to grow. Uh, not just like what you were doing, because we all can get stuck in a comfort zone and say, oh, this is not working. What I was doing isn't working anymore. And it's quite kind of time to expand and say, okay, how can I make something else work? Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Lee, and my guest today is Kavita Baratake. Welcome, Kavita. Thank you, Annette. Thanks for having me on. I am very excited to talk to you today. This is a special edition of Deal Closers because we're going to talk about a little bit of how to cope, cope with the crisis and coming out ahead, right? We are going right now through the COVID-19 uh, crisis in the U.S., and instead of focusing on the things that are negative, let's talk about how to focus on the future. So welcome, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. And I want to tell my listeners a little bit about you. So she is the principal at Cherry Street Investments, an Austin-based real estate investor and a full-time multifamily sponsor with over 10 years of investing experience in single family and multifamily real estate. Prior to real estate, she spent 19 years as a technology professional working for IBM and Atlassian. Kavita has successfully acquired, rehabbed, managed, owned, and operated several single family and multifamily investments properties in Central Texas area. She is currently invested in over 2,200 plus doors as a limited partner and over 650 doors as a general partner and key principal. She's currently a sponsor apartment investments with boots on the ground partnerships with various markets throughout the country. She's passionate about educating investors through her Facebook group and she also conducts frequently webinars to educate investors on various passive investing uh, opportunities. When she's not working, she spends time with her teenage daughter, Anja, and her two puppies. And she enjoys dancing, cooking, and traveling the world, which is one of my favorite things to do. Welcome. Thank you so much for that introduction. Yes, you are doing awesome things, and I'm so excited to feature you uh, because I love when more women are, uh, you know, showing up in this world that is a little bit of a men's world. 
So yeah. I'm always very excited to have uh, women on these interviews. Uh, so how did you start into real estate, being a professional in the technology? Sure. Yeah, I um, kind of, I would say accidentally, but also market driven. You know, I kind of, uh, I like Warren Buffett's idea that when everybody is afraid of buying, that's when you go in and buy, right? And that's what drove me in 2009 to actually get into real estate. And I said, oh, there's opportunity. There's foreclosures everywhere. And at that time, I was in the stock market. I was trading options. And um, you know, anybody who's traded options know how crazy it can be like one day to the next, right? You make some money, you lose some money. So I was kind of getting tired of losing and making money. So I said, hey, why not I pull money aside and buy a house and see how that goes because houses are so cheap. Like I mentioned um, the other day, it was $54 a square foot, which is less than the replacement cost, like the cost it would be to build a property, right? So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I bought my first house in 2009, rented it out and wanted to try it for a while because the, the guy I was buying it from had 25 properties, like the realtor who was selling it to me. And he said, just buy the whole block. I'm like, I don't know if I'm that ambitious yet. I'll just feel it out and see how it is to actually be a landlord. And I had a great experience. So I bought more properties and just snowballed into much more. At some point, I decided single family is not going to cut it. And then I moved, uh, got introduced and moved into multifamily. Amazing. So did you quit your job at that point or were you already in multifamily? Uh, no, no. Uh, I quit my job recently, actually, almost nine years after I started investing in real estate or oh, 10 years, actually, exactly, because 2009, I started investing 2019, I quit my job. Wow. I got to the point where I was doing multifamily, I was still managing all my single family portfolio and doing a very full time busy job. And, you know, of course, taking care of my daughter, I'm a single mom. So I'm just like, oh, something's got to go. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I realized, hey, you know, like according to Kiyosaki, you know, where your passive income exceeds your expenses, you're financially free. I look at my numbers and I said, I'm financially free. I'm out of the rat race for now. If You know, we'll see. I gave myself really a year to see how my business takes off. And I really wanted some focus time on my business. So I took, I took, um, yeah, I got out of technology last year. Um, do I miss it sometimes? I do. I do. It's different, right? Different yeah. things, different, uh, the technology is like a little bit more analytical, lots of interaction and yeah. That's awesome. You know, I think that's the dream that a lot of people have, you know, investors when they start investing and they like it and they have the dream of finally leaving their job and being able to focus full time on yeah. it. And some people do it fast. Some people, you know, take their time, but you are an example that you can do it. And congratulations on that. Thank you. Real Estate Deal Closers Special Edition. All right. So I was very excited to talk to you because, you know, I know you love educating your investors and I've seen you, you know, having a lot of webinars about how to, to cope with the current situation, how to focus on the positive. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, I'd say when I started, I think we were talking before this interview started about how you just went into complete despair for a few weeks where you're like, oh my God, what is happening? You know, you just feel like I don't want to do anything right now. I, you just feel that shock or impact of something. And I think that's normal and human, right? Yeah. But after that is, I think the people who say, you know what, we're not just going to sit back and let things happen to us, but we take charge, we take control. And that I think differentiates successful people from people who are not. So I think sitting back and just letting things happen to you is, I mean, being passive in that sense doesn't really help, right? So I was initially that way. And then I was like, okay, wait, there's got to be something I need to do differently here. I can't... And we had no end in sight, right? We don't know when this thing will be lifted. And of course, our business is affected. It's real estate and it's, we need to do due diligence on properties. We have so much going on, which needs hands-on stuff and everything shut down. So part of me is like, I think it's, I will, I'm a busy person. Like I like to stay busy and I suddenly felt like I don't know what to do with my time. Um, so <laughs> And it, it switched for me when I heard a few people, like, I don't know, my mentors or people I really look up to was Tony Robbins and uh, John Maxwell. I really look up to these people. And so I started doing uh, more of listening to them. That really changed my perspective. And a couple of things that I want to share with the listeners today is, uh, I'd say two or three things, is when you take the focus outside of your own worries and fears, and start working on helping others some way, your fears naturally dissipate. I don't know how it does it, but it does. <laughs> so I actually was doing bi-weekly, uh, two, twice a month webinars. I went to weekly webinars. And then I started thinking, wait, how can I be of use to others? And I was thinking, what are the, some of the questions I have about this in this crisis? Whether it's, um, how is multifamily lending impact in COVID? How is, uh, what does the CARES Act mean to me? What is this, what are the loans that are out there? I don't even know myself. So I always try to think of myself as, uh, my questions as something that more people might have. And then I turn it into a webinar. I, call, I find the right people to answer those questions and bring them on. So I think that's kind of worked out throughout time well for me in terms of thinking, okay, what is it that I want to get to people in terms of adding value or in terms of making them, having them learn? So that's one of the things is starting, starting to focus on helping others is really the key, I think, because when you go outside of yourself, you just, it's, it grounds you in a strange way and it gives you a lot of peace and um, what's the right word? Purpose. Purpose. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's one of the things. The other one is, again, like you mentioned, right? You can focus on what you can do in this environment. There are a lot of things you can do for your business right now, but there are a lot of things you can do also. But if you keep focusing on, oh my God, my hands are tied. I can't do this. I can't do that. Then you, can, you will not do anything with it, with your time, right? If you can focus on what you can do. And so for my case, I, I started thinking, what is it that I can do to grow my business right now? I might not be able to go buy apartments, but I can start laying a stronger foundation for what I do. Maybe I can go create a, a passive income stream or another income stream of doing some business that I'm, that is kind of related to what I'm doing. I don't want to start like a completely random business, but it is still 
something that is viable at this time. So I'll just give you an example for myself, right? Um, I started, I got into multifamily syndications, then I actually got licensed as a realtor and joined the brokerage side. And the third stream is I became an insurance agent. And you think, why insurance agent, right? But there are insurance policies that allow you to put in, a, put in a bunch of money, use it like a savings account and a high yield. I mean, I'm not talking 1.9%, I'm talking four to 6%. And then pull the money out and use it for an investment. So I started thinking, if I'm an investor, I mean, I'm thinking putting my uh, client hat on, I want my money where, some, where it's safe right now and it's earning a decent amount of interest. So my life insurance business is actually picked up right now while my multifamily investing is a little bit slow. Then I started looking at, oh, what can I do on the real estate side? Now I have property tax liens where people who are hurt right now can't pay their property taxes. They need loans. So we started looking at how could we give loans to these people and help these people and at the same time make investors uh, money through these loans. And property tax, if anyone knows, is the first lien on the property so people get uh, we get the first dips on the property. It's a first position lien, which is very strong place to be on a property. So I'm starting to look at or re-examine alternative investments right now because I'm looking at it as, okay, I, how do I create an income stream for myself in this crisis when my main income stream is gone? And then how maybe that can become a permanent business because you have to make your business recession proof in a sense or recession resistant. So you can't just be doing one thing. Yes, have your one thing, but have alternative sources of income or uh, income streams or related to your main business. Right. It's like you need to adapt, right? Instead of just stay still and do nothing, then you need to start adapting and a little bit of thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like some people saying, it's never going to probably go back to being normal for a long time. So are you going to adapt or are you going to just say oh my god i miss how it was of course we all miss it but the question is who's adaptable who's willing to change with what's with the circumstance and say how am i going to make you know lemon up i hate to use that analogy it's overused but lemons out lemonade out of lemons so <laughs> so in this strategy that you are using which i think is a genius you know there's gonna be a need and then you're providing the solution it would Absolutely. be kind of like a private lending option sure. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And right now, that's a great option to be because a lot of people, whether they have exited the stock market, whether they have retirement funds that are accessible, they need investments right now. But there are I mean, interest rates are near zero. So banks are going to pay you nothing. Right. You don't want to park your funds in banks. At the same time, there are some uh, like life insurance. The, the money is highly liquid. You know, you put your money in, it's earning four to six percent, but you can pull it out anytime. So you I mean, I'm not to harp on that, but I think the more important takeaway there is that um, when your business is hurt, you have to start looking at alternate businesses or ideas around your business to grow. Uh, not just like what you are doing, because we all can get stuck in a comfort zone and say, oh, this is not working. What I was doing isn't working anymore. And it's quite kind of time to expand and say, okay, how can I make something else work? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely that. We have to start adapting to this new normal, like a lot of people are saying, until we can get back to, you know, 
the normal business. But you know, you may find that by uh, creating these different streams of income that you are even better than before. So you, it, you know, it may, you, you might have started as an alternative for a short term, but then it may work and grow into a full-time business. Yeah. I mean, you might have three income streams and all of them doing well if you know how to go and scale them, you know, bring a team on to do it instead of, you know, taking on everything yourself at a point. You know, so I think this crisis can be a good thing if you let it be, you know, because it's in the moment, the hardest moments would change you and force you to adapt. It's when things are going well, nobody wants to change, right? Change is hard. Yes, <laughs> things aren't going well. You forced to change, and if you do change and you adapt, then you, I think, you will be very successful and see the results of it. I mean, it's not to say we don't. I don't have. I I have periods of doubt and frustration, and you know, I mean, I, I had two days where I was like absolute pits for whatever reason, and I'm just like, give yourself grace, you know, let yourself be. <laughs> Absolutely. I was, I was sharing with you that also the first two weeks uh, when this whole thing started, I just wanted to, you know, sit down and watch TV, not even the news. I just wanted to just sit down at night and watch TV and not think about anything. Uh, because also we were adjusting, right? Like, you know, for example, in my, you know, I, we had to start working from home. My husband is working at home. There was the first week, there was no school for the kids and we have to be getting all this information from the schools until you kind of adapt. And then you, you got to start thinking, okay, what's next, you know, and right. not just staying there in that kind of funk where like you don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funk but, is the right word. <laughs> but I love the way that you, you know, you just started doing all these new things. I, you know, you didn't mention you started an education um, platform, I guess, for kids. Yes. And I, that, uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So that was ex- uh, kind of accidental because three or two and a half years ago, my daughter uh, was in middle school and I wanted to teach her about finances and, you know, do a financial education, sit down with her. But you know how kids are. They don't want to learn from their parents, right? <laughs> so I decided I'm going to do an after school club in her school and make her a part of the club. And of course, you know, teach other kids as well. Uh, so I started that club in her school and I was teaching every other week or every week, I can't remember, it's been two years. Um, so I started developing, you know, every week we'll talk about insurance, we'll talk about money, handling money, assets and liabilities, stuff I wish somebody had taught me, right? Like I didn't find Kiyosaki until I was 20, I don't know, 30 years old, something. <laughs> I want the kids to learn about it now, like understand the cash flow quadrant now. And if you haven't read the book, you absolutely should read it. Oh, that was one of the first ones that I found and that's what started everything. Right. Rich dad, poor dad for your research. Absolutely. Absolutely. A necessity that you should read it, convey this information to your children that will change their life. So that was my thing. I started doing it in school two years ago and then I think one of the folks had posted on Facebook about, hey, what are you doing differently with your kids? How do you, how are you spending your time? And I started thinking, you know what? I need to bring that education back. I need to do this as a webinar and get kids engaged. And initially my uh, education was targeted to 11, like middle school, high schoolers. And I didn't really have anything for the little kids. And then I started talking more and some folks said, hey, I can come help you with the little kids. 
So I got Adar Pitre. She's working with my partner right now. I had my daughter design a logo for our training called Money Wise Learning. And I said, okay, one week later, I'm just rolling out the program because I had some slides, but I realized as I'm developing them that I had nothing much, but I had an outline for the program and now I'm making it a lot more robust. I'm also bringing in guest speakers to, let's say, talk about credit scores and how, how kids can build their credit once they start getting like 18 and up and they go to college. How can they effectively build credit and build a really strong foundation for that? So I'm, I'm super excited. I, like, I think, like I mentioned, right, that's one of the things that if you start help figuring out how to help others and how to get others to succeed, it'll excite you so much more. I can't explain it. Like, it's just this, you know, I love it. That's so I was awesome. asked till 3 a.m. last night doing the slides for today because I have a webinar at 4 p.m. today. Awesome. How many kids are you, uh, do you have on your, on your group? So I have 175 kids. Wow. So I can't usually get all the kids on a webinar. So usually a lot of them watch my recordings because I have a limit of 100. The first time I couldn't get in a lot of kids on. So yeah, this is it's a pretty good big group. And that's just the 11 to 18. Anar, my partner, she's running the 5 to 10. And she started tailoring. I mean, she's doing a wonderful job. I'm, I'm so impressed. I said, Anar, I'm so excited. I wish I was a child when I watch you do these. Like she talked about a lemonade stand and setting up a lemonade stand, assets and liabilities you have. I, I thought she did it beautifully. So wow, yeah, it's exciting. That is so nice. Yeah, I wish I also got that type of education when I was young. You know, like once, you disc- once I read that book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, it doesn't give you the answers on how to do it, but right. it just puts that seed in your brain of what you can do. You know, and then it's up to you to go f- look for the rest of it, right? Like, how do you get there? But I think that seed is so important, right? It just start, it gets you thinking because I grew up in India where everybody was like, get a good job and live and work and die. That was it. That's what I was taught, right? Nobody said, like, I quit uh, my job at IBM and my mom was like, are you crazy? Why would you do that? You have a great job. It pays you well. It's IBM. It's quite government job. (laughs) I'm sorry, but this is not what I want to do. I want to do something else. I love, I mean, I loved my time in IBM. It's not that I didn't, but I realized I was hungry for so so much more, so... And, And that allowed you to grow much more because you had more time to focus on your business too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, helping others, focusing on others' needs to be able to to weather the storm and keep you focused on the future. And then the needs of others become your focus instead of you and me and me and how bad it's going and how bad it's going to be. I love yeah. that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's also, you know, from a personal standpoint, right? You can also look at what can I do differently? Like I said, create alternate streams of income. Maybe you haven't done your will and trust. Maybe this is a good time to catch up. Maybe you want to do some learning that you always wanted to do. I find a lot of people have always said, I don't have time. I don't have time. You've been given time. Use it. <laughs> Go read, go study and learn, learn something that you really wanted to always 
passionately, you know, you're passionate about it and you wanted to do it. I mean, you've been given free time now, so use it, you know, spend it with your family, whatever. Like, use it wisely. And you are yeah. the example that you can just, you know, I remember seeing you post about this, if anybody would be interested. And then the next week you had a, a course with like a, more than a hundred people signing on it. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> right. But, I mean, a lot of to, to educators told me I can't pull it off because they said, uh, you know, it takes a long time to set up a course, takes a long time to build rapport with the kids. You can't just up, pick it up and start talking about finances. I said, you know, we don't have to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if the kids walk away with 20% of what I teach them, I think it's still better than them not having learned anything at all. So I feel like my engagement has been much more than I anticipated. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I feel like I'm giving these kids something. And my own daughter is on as well. I'm forcing her. So. <laughs> How are the kids reacting? Are they like engaged and asking questions? Absolutely. Lots of questions, uh, lots of engagement. Of course, it's a webinar format, right? So they can't really talk to me. I wish we could open that up and they, we could actually have a conversation, but then it can get very noisy with so many kids too. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with the webinar format. They're really engaged. Um, I'm also giving them a lot of homework. Like, so they go back to their parents and I told, hey, I can teach a lot of things, but if you don't go back and understand how your parents are doing it and what real life looks like, that's not going to be much. I mean, this is just a portion of what you can learn. But when you go back and sit down with your parents and say, hey, I want to see your mortgage statement. What are you paying? What are principal interest, taxes, insurance? This is so much foundation that they can build right now. So they're not clueless adults. And being a landlord, I've seen credit reports to the wazoo. I'm like, oh my God, like people need education, financial education. Yeah, and, I, and even if, like you said, they just get, not even 20%, just the idea that there is more out there than just getting a job and working. If they can just get that small seed that there is so many options, you know, that is a big win, you know, because we, it's so much easier to just, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job and do nothing else. You know, it's just the easiest way. And yeah. just planting that seed, uh, you know, I, my daughter is seven um, and I thought about it, but, she is the type of girl that doesn't like school. <laughs> She's so happy right now. She loves the distant learning because it's so much shorter. Oh, nice. So maybe, maybe in, in a couple of years. But I, I involve her in everything that I do. You know, if I have to go pick up rents, you know, sometimes she goes with me. Or like the coin laundry money, I make her count and, and pay her. <laughs> so, you know, little things that you can do, like getting involved your kids. Um, so, so all these things that you are doing, um, how are they going to help you come out ahead, which is uh, the whole point? Yeah. So I, besides what I'm doing with the kids, which is obviously, I love, I love it. It's like personal satisfaction for me. I feel like anything you do is a, I wouldn't call it a branding exercise, but it puts your name out a little bit more, right? I'm not just connecting with the kids. I'm also connecting with the parents. I'm doing a lot of webinars with a lot of people right now. So the way I look at it, these are all little, it's a foundation, right? Once you build that trust with your investors, um, then the business will come. 
it's going to come, right? Once you have investments, people will come because what you don't want is that radio silence. You don't want to be like, okay, where is Kavita? She's gone. She's disappeared since COVID crisis. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you, 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 I mean, I make it a point to, I mean, I, I, part of it, I think is just my personality. I'm always front and center with my investors and my clients. So for me, I feel like I, that is, I haven't broken that chain of communication with them. So it's just, they are ready for investments. I'm re- I'm reading my investors to say, okay, we might not invest right now, or we might invest right now in these safe asset, safe investments, but we might buy multifamily, I don't know, in a quarter from now or two quarters from now when we can get deals. But if you stay away from investing, then you're going to have another 2008 where you guys say, oh, the market was so down. I should have bought a lot of properties. I should have done this. I should have done that. Should have, should have, would have, you know? Yeah. And you're getting them ready also to look at the options in the future instead of uh, waiting and then, oh, I have something here. And they already invested on something else. You are getting them ready, prepared that you are going to be ready for them in a period of time. And you're foreseeing this, you know, the end of it, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. I mean, I don't know how long it'll be, but I'm assuming that, hey, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. And however long that tunnel is, we'll get through it. Absolutely. Expert tips. Now we get to the part of the show that you get to give me three expert tips. And we were talking about before we started the recording and you wanted to um, give tips on how to raise capital in this current environment. Yeah. So I'd say like what I've mentioned before, you, I think the one of the most important things in this current environment is that you don't lose that thread of communication with your investors, with your clients, or start, don't stop establishing new threads of communication with your new clients or new customers. Because right now is the time for you to step in and show that, hey, I'm here, I can help you get ready for when we are going to start buying again. And I can show you the, lead you the way to a good investment, even in the middle of all this crisis. You know, the good investments are going to come because problems always create opportunities, right? So we will have opportunities and let me show you how you can take advantage of those opportunities. And if people are a little hesitant, I always tell them, think about 2008. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 2008. did you wish did you wish you bought 20 houses that time so you're going to have the same opportunity again make it man take advantage of it so i think from uh as long as you're adding value and showing people what you're doing and how to do it and setting an example for them people will follow you and you will have investors trust you once you're able to deliver on that promise absolutely Uh, The second thing I'd say is uh, figure out what problems your folks are dealing with, like your clients are dealing with. Um, So a lot of my clients have money in their stock market, which, which has done a run up in the last week, but which was pretty hammered like a couple of weeks ago. So I tell them, Hey, you can leave it there, but you know, then you're going with the swings of the stock market or you can pull it out and put it in a place where you feel like it is more, it's safer right now because nobody knows what's going on with the stock market. Right? So the main point here is 
figure out what your customers or clients pain point is and figure out how you can build a solution for them. Whether it's figuring out a safe investment for them, figuring out how you, how they can sell and navigate and put it into an investment that you have them, you have to offer them right now. Maybe you come up with some alternative investments right now, which are foolproof in a sense that they put the investors in a very strong position in a property or whatever. I mean, for me, it's life insurance. For me, it's other things, right? Savings accounts through life insurance. But figure out what your superpower is and figure out a way to solve the problem. Absolutely. And the third thing I had on here is show your clients how to tap into their uh, their funds because a lot of people aren't aware of the recent changes in uh, the CARES Act, for example, where they have a lot of funds that are available to them to tap into like retirement accounts. You could always invest through a solo 401k account, but what makes what's even sweeter right now is you can pull your money out of your solo 401k account for six years and actually get that cash flow from your investment right now when people need it the most. So the retirement account's cash flow goes back to your retirement account, but when you pull it out or take a loan or a withdrawal, which both of which are possible in this climate due to the CARES Act. So figure out what are the new changes in the laws. For example, someone sent me this yesterday and it was mind blowing. If you had losses in 2019, you can now apply to 2018, 2017 taxes and file an amendment and get money back from your 2018 taxes. So I paid a bunch of money in 2018 taxes. So I could technically take my losses from 2019 and backdate it. I mean, that's powerful, right? So figure out what's going on in the market and what's the new current uh, provisions in the in the laws that are coming out and how your client can benefit from it. And again, it goes back to adding value, adding value all the time, you know, figuring out what can I deliver on for my clients. So. Absolutely. And you are always delivering amazing value. Uh, There is no doubt about that. Thank you. Uh, So tell me, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, You can reach me on cherrystreetsinvestments.com street all spelled out. And I also have a Facebook group called Purely Passive Investor Group. So I use that to educate my community of investors. Um, On my, uh, I do a lot of webinars. So right now I'm doing weekly webinars across a broad range of topics. So they can reach me um, on my website and sign up for my webinars as well, which is cherrystreetinvestments.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you uh, with you. We had so much things in common and uh, you know, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you, Annette. Thanks for having me. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.